0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. This, I believe, is lesson number six on this subject, and we're going to continue on the vocal gifts or the gifts of inspiration. So let's pray. We give thanks to you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and guide, who is here tonight to instruct us and enlighten us, to give us the understanding that we need so that we can, dear Father God, operate in the realm of the Spirit as you so desire for all of us, that the whole church may benefit from it. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you for changing us from glory to glory by what we hear and I thank you dear Father God that as we grow and develop in the things of God that we conform to the very image of Jesus and that we can emulate his life here upon the earth everywhere we go. Be glorified in and through each of our lives in Jesus matchless name, amen. Amen. So the gifts of the spirit, we talked about special faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, those are the power gifts and those are the gifts that what? Do something. We talked about the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits, and those are the gifts that do what? They reveal something. Revelation gifts, they reveal something. Then we have the gifts of utterance, or some call them the vocal gifts, or the gifts of inspiration, and these are the gifts of the spirit that do what? They say something. So they say something. They speak, in other words, for God. And these three gifts are important. Just as honest with you. When someone asks me what's the most important gift. The best way to answer that question is this. The one you need. When you need it. That's the most important gift at that time. So whatever it might be. But um, when it comes to these vocal gifts. Prophecy is probably the greatest of the three gifts. Because prophecy stands alone. And we talked about that last week. Prophecy is. Is speaking for God. And it's utterance that is inspired by the spirit of God. That tells something. It's foretelling. It's not foretelling. It's not predicting anything or anything like that. It speaks to men to edify. To build up. To comfort. And so on. And so we talked about that particular gift. And it's greater because of the fact that the one gift stands alone. But it takes two of the other gifts to equal the one gift. And so if I could say it this way. Which is greater, a dime or a nickel? Obviously the dime is greater in value. One dime, it takes two nickels to make a dime. It takes two gifts of the Spirit to equal prophecy. It takes tongues and interpretation of tongues to equal prophecy. So would you rather have ten dimes or ten nickels? Not a hard question. Ten dimes is a dollar. Ten nickels. Half a dollar, right? So one's greater than the other. It takes two to equal the one. So just keep that in mind. So we talked about prophecy, and now we're going to talk about tongues. And so in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, let's read the verse. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But notice, diverse kinds of Tongues. In other words, different kinds of tongues. So, by definition, it's supernatural utterance in languages that you have never learned before. You didn't go to school to learn this. It's something that is supernatural that happens in a person's life by the Spirit of God. Not by intellectual learning. It's not linguistic ability or anything like that. We talked about this earlier when we began this series because we said it's very important because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Now, there has to be a reason for that. When the day of Pentecost came, they got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. And it's almost as if God was saying, I'm reinstating a universal language that was lost way back there at the Tower of Babel. That's when all their languages were confounded. They all spoke one language. And because they spoke one language, they were able, according to God, to do whatever they set their hands to do, as long as they were in unity. But He confounded their languages. Now there's disunity among the people, and they left the project go, and they all went in different directions. On the day of Pentecost, we have them all coming together and speaking one universal language. And in that place, the power of God was in display and on, in manifestation. And of course Peter then afterwards spoke the wonderful message that brought 3,000 souls into the family of God. But if that was the initial manifestation of being filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and we're living in the same dispensation of the church which is the Holy Ghost dispensation, I don't believe the Holy Ghost has changed at all. He's still the same. As the, Gent- as the Jews got filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. As the Gentiles got filled with the Spirit, they spoke with other tongues. Nineteen years after Pentecost, when G- Paul went over to Ephesus, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we never heard whether there would be a Holy Ghost. Well, then what were you baptized to? They said, John's baptism. He said, he baptized under repentance, but there's one coming after who's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost in fire. He then took them down, got them saved, got them baptized in water, and then laid hands on them. They got filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues and prophesied. Nineteen years after Pentecost. That took place. So as you can see it's a pattern. People that God filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoke with other tongues. As the Spirit of God gave utterance. And there has to be meaning behind it. There has to be value to it. There's reasons for it. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 14. This is supernatural utterance. That you don't understand. You never learned it. But by faith you step out. And you pray in that realm. If I pray in an unknown tongue. My spirit and I like the Amplified, it says, by the Holy Spirit in me praise. But my understanding is what? Unfruitful. Unfruitful. Now that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Don't know what I'm saying, but I'm saying it. I remember uh, John Osteen. Joel's father, John. I had the privilege of sitting and listening to him preach. He's shorter than I am, just to let you know that. (laughs) He's in heaven now, but He was shorter than I am. (laughs) And uh, I sat and listened to him. Fiery preacher. Come from a Baptist background. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoke with other tongues. And I'm telling you what, he's just ablaze with the Spirit. Some guy got him on the elevator and talking to him about, about some, no, he was cussing. This other guy was cussing. And John Osteen, he, he, he wouldn't take that. He just wouldn't listen to that. He started praying in tongues. He started praying in tongues. That guy, the guy looking at him like he's weird. He was just one of those guys that would step out and just, just go ahead and do it. Another guy challenged him on tongues and, and, and he said to him, let me hear you pray in tongues. He said, well, that's not really the way to do it. He said, let me hear you pray in tongues. So he just went off and praying in tongues for, I don't know, about a few minutes, I guess. And the guy just stood looking at him and said, that didn't do anything for me. And John said, he's not supposed to do anything for you. It edified me. I'm on fire, man. He just started going crazy for the Lord. It's not designed to edify you. It's designed to edify me as I pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It generates miracle working power. Anybody here want miracle working power? Do you want more miracle working power? You want to live your life in your own strength and ability or or God's? As you pray in the Holy Ghost be being filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves in Psalms. Notice speaking to yourself in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And as you just release your spirit. You see the Holy Spirit. Your spirit by the spirit within you begins to pray in other tongues. You're releasing the Holy Spirit. You're activating the Holy Spirit. You're generating miracle working power in your spirit. And praise God that power of God is genuine. That power of God is real. And that power of God is dynamic. And tremendous. And it's working. So who wouldn't want that? Think about what Peter did on the day of Pentecost. The one who cowered in fear. Now it gets filled with the Holy Ghost. You, saw, you, you read it in Acts chapter uh, 2. We have a picture where we, we show sometimes it, it happened in, was it Zimbabwe? Or Mozambique? Zimbabwe I think it was. Or one of those two. And cloven tongues like as a fire is sitting upon all these individuals that were sitting in a church service just like this. And the fire came down sitting on each one. A cloven tongue like as a fire as it was on the day of Pentecost. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Now that's about 2,000 years later. And it's still happening. Think about that. Peter had that happen to him. And what does he do? The one who cowered in fear stands before all the people that wanted to kill him And preaches with a boldness, newfound boldness that he never had before. Empowered by the Spirit and what happens? It penetrates the hearts of 3,000 souls who come to Jesus and get born again and baptized in water and of course the promise of the Spirit is theirs as well. But let me say this to you. When that took place back then 2,000 years ago See, it's not like we think of today. Oh, they got baptized in water. Let's all go watch. (laughs) Uh, No. When you got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ over there in Jerusalem, it meant you cut yourself off from Judaism. It meant you're an outcast. You're excommunicated. You're no longer part of it. You're frowned upon. You're turned in by as an enemy. Paul would seek you out to kill you. But here's Peter preaching in Jerusalem. With this newfound boldness that came by the power of the Holy Ghost. See it's not by human strength or ability. It's not by political powers. It's not by intellectual powers. It's not by enticing words of men's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit. And of power. And boom it penetrated these hearts in such a powerful way. That 3,000 just stood up. And gave their hearts to Jesus. Can you imagine what boldness that took. In front of all those leaders in Jerusalem. Amen. So. Notice the benefits that we listed here. Just some of the benefits to praying in other tongues. This first one is. It's the initial evidence that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the first one. And then the second one. You speak divine secrets. Can you imagine that? You have no clue as to what you're talking about. But you're speaking divine secrets. You say how do you know that? By faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. He said in in 1 Corinthians 14. If you speak in an unknown tongue you speak not to men but to God Howbeit, in the spirit you speak divine secrets or mysteries divine secrets. So when someone sees you talking to yourself and they say what are you, talking, what are you doing? I'm speaking divine secrets with my father. You say well why, why have to have, be so secretive about it? So the devil doesn't know. He gets so nervous. He gets so frustrated. Father I'm going to pray about the situation right here. But I'm going to trust the Holy Ghost to pray out your perfect will. And you start going off in tongues and he's like confused. He has no clue what you're talking about. But you and God know. And your spirit and we're going to show you how it could even be revealed to you as to what you're praying if you pray for interpretation. But that's, that's our next gift. So you, number one it's ev- the evidence that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Number two you're speaking divine secrets. It's also set for self-edification. 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 As I said, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. It will aid you also in your prayer life. You're praying, but you're not praying by the limit of your own understanding. Have you ever been to that place where you're praying and you just don't know what to pray for as you ought? And you think, I just wish I really knew exactly what to pray for. Well, praise God, pray in English as much as you can. As far as what you know to pray, but then call upon the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 that tell us how be it the Spirit himself helps our infirmities. He will help us in our our weaknesses, our inabilities to produce results. How? By taking hold together with us and helping us pray out the perfect will of the Father with groanings that cannot be uttered or articulated in speech. That's talking about your spirit man getting actively involved with the Holy Ghost and you're praying out a certain thing in the Spirit you see, too often we're just so caught up in our own intellect and understanding. But God wants us to go beyond that. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I remember sitting at a Brother Hagin's ministry. He said, I do 90% of my praying in the Spirit. Maybe it was 99%. It was a high percentage praying in the Spirit. Because he knew that's praying out the perfect will of God. Again, we may understand it, but we know that we're doing the right thing because we're more effective that way. Also it will remove selfishness from our prayer lives. It will remove selfishness. We could become so selfish in just praying for us four. You know and no more. The four of us and our family. But no God wants us to go beyond our family. God wants us to pray for anyone and everyone. Praise God that comes across our path. Sometimes he'll just. By the spirit I do believe this happens. This happens. Bring someone to your memory, like in a flash. Has that ever happened to you that you're not thinking about this person? Maybe haven't thought about this person for a long time. But all of a sudden, boom, it hits you. You're thinking about that person at that moment. Sometimes we just think, oh, it's just me. No, not necessarily. Could be the Holy Ghost inspiring you to pray out in the Spirit. Because they might have need for prayer. Whatever they might need. They might be in trouble. Maybe they're going through a difficult time, a difficult season in their lives. And you pray out in the Spirit. Yield to that, praise God. Helps us trust God. If you believe God in any other area of your life, like praying in the Spirit, praying out the perfect will of God that way, it'll help you believe and trust God in another area of your life. Because you're using your faith. And then also, it would help us control our tongue. Anybody need help with that? It's better than duct tape, I guarantee you. Can you imagine if, if you know, two my husband and wife are getting into a little bit of a disagreement and one says something maybe a little bit not too nice and the other one just responds in tongues. What are you saying? I'm just depending on God for the perfect will to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't want to mess this thing up. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Oh my. And also we give thanks well. You will notice in First Corinthians 14 verse 18, Paul the apostle said that in the spirit when you pray in the Holy Ghost you give thanks well. In other words, as you're giving thanks for whatever it is, you're doing it in the spirit. Among those that understand or the learned, it says, you can do that in the spirit and you're doing you're, you're giving thanks well. In other words, it's the best way you can give thanks to God. Why? Because it eliminates your own understanding. It eliminates your own selfishness. It eliminates Your limitation. You say the limitations of your own. Intellect. And you're just in the spirit. Thanking God. Hallelujah. Okay. There are three manifestations of tongues. And this is what's important for people to understand. Because when you. People try to understand First Corinthians. 14. And if they don't understand there are three manifestations of tongues. Then they get confused. Number one. Three manifestations of tongues. Look at the. Mark's gospel chapter 16. The first one is tongues are for a sign. Mark 16. Tongues are for a sign. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these what? These what? Signs shall follow only the apostles. No, them that believe. In my name shall they what? You know casting out devils is a sign? He said those who believe in my name will what? Cast out devils. Cast out some devils. Cast out some spirits of infirmity. Cast out some spirits that are trying to mess up your life. Possibly coming against your livelihood. Whatever. Deal with them. Cast them out. It's a sign. But then what's the second sign? They shall speak with new tongues. Jesus said that before he left. that They would speak with new tongues. So this is a sign. You say how can that be a sign? Well there have been times when people speaking in tongues have been heard by people that don't know what they're, otherwise wouldn't know what they're saying but they heard them speak in their language. And As they spoke in their language it was a sign to them to help them understand that God loves them and cares about them etc. etc. So it was a sign to those people. I've had someone even say to me, you spoke some words in Hebrew. You know, while you're speaking in tongues. And others, there was one situation where a person was speaking with other tongues and someone came up to him after the service was over and just said, my goodness, how did you learn to speak my language so perfectly? And the guy says, I have no idea what your language is. I've never learned it, don't understand it, don't know it. He said, well, how were you speaking it like that? He said, I was just speaking with other tongues. The person got saved on the spot because he knew it was true; couldn't deny it. So it's a sign. But then there's also ministry tongues. There's a ministry tongues which is a public use of tongues. And notice if you if you read First Corinthians chapter fourteen, look at verse sixteen, verse six through thirteen. Look at those verses. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harp? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, How shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. There are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them is without signification. Therefore if I know not the meaning of the voice. I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. He That speaketh shall be to me a barbarian. Even so ye for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts. Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore let him. That speaketh in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. So, in public ministry, when you're using tongues in a public setting, public ministry, then it's important to know that that tongue, if you're giving a message in tongues, needs to be interpreted. We'll talk about that when we talk about interpretation. But this is talking about public ministry. Now, the Corinthians were known for just going overboard with the spiritual gifts. Everybody had a psalm. Everybody had a hymn. Everybody had a spiritual song. Everybody had a message. They all came together and they were just all speaking tongues and speaking tongues and speaking tongues speaking tongues. But what good is that if the people listening don't understand what they're saying? Now Paul makes it very clear in that particular chapter that there are not only sign tongues but there's ministry tongues. And because there's ministry tongues there's going to be rules that apply to ministry tongues. Uh, he wasn't discouraging tongues, but you'll see this. Look at the last one devotional tongues. So, number one, sign tongues. Number two, ministry tongues. Number three, devotional tongues. And devotional tongues is for everyone, for every individual person. You may never be in a situation where you speak in tongues as a sign, for example, and someone hears you speaking in their language. That may not happen to you, that doesn't matter. You n- may not be used publicly in a public ministry speaking with other tongues as far as giving a message. That doesn't matter either. You can, maybe you won't. Doesn't matter. But devotional tongues, devotional tongues is for every individual child of God. To be filled with the Holy Ghost, to speak with other tongues in a devotional, prayerful, worshipful manner is key to an electrifying spiritual life. Generating miracle working power. Watch some of your All these movies that come out like, what's with this idea that Superman gets beat up by Batman? Is that crazy? All these movies where you've got people like this and shafts of light come out of their fingers and do all this crazy stuff. Hollywood's out there, isn't it? But what's that tell us? People long for power beyond human scope. Right? They do all kinds of things to have that back in the Bible days they drank the blood of lions the blood of warriors thinking that they would then get their strength get their power in so doing gross wouldn't you say man in other words wants power beyond human scope beloved you are a powerhouse and you don't know it, I'm a powerhouse and we don't fully grasp it, notice this God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost live in each and every one of us, if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal body Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be in line that we would know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. We've got that power. Every one of us. Can you imagine that? They're looking for it. We have it. We have it. It would behoove us to sit around the house one day and just say I got the power of God in me. I got the power of God. I got the power of God in me that raised up Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. It doesn't matter what man wants to try to do unto me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I put a stop to that now in the name of Jesus. Point your finger. Let the shafts of light of God's glory come out of you. Point in that direction where someone's trying to defy you, come against you. You're the temple of the Most High God. Rise up, use your authority, and start declaring it, start saying it. Praise God. Generate that miracle working power on the inside of you as you pray in the Holy Ghost. You're a powerhouse for God. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, and then look at verses 39 and 40. Paul, no, no, back it up. Back it up. I, I skipped over 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, notice this, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful or nonproductive. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you're saying. For thou verily give thanks well but the other is not edified. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding. That my, by my voice I might teach others also. Than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. Paul's not discouraging tongues. He's correcting them. He's teaching them. He's instructing them. What happens when you pray in tongues. And the proper use of Tongues. The most important use of tongues is in your private devotional prayer life during times of worship and praise. And trust me, if you stay there long enough and pray there long enough, it could come up out of you, out of your spirit, some direction that God has for your life. We don't take advantage of all the equipping that God has deposited within our being. See, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got the third person of the Godhead living on the inside of you, which is the manifest presence of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Ghost living inside you. And what he wants us to do is take advantage of his presence and pray in the Spirit so he could bring forth out of our spirit some things that will come out that we can possibly understand. We'll explain that when we get to the interpretation. You can pray out your future, in other words, by doing so. But you see, the thing is, too often people get caught up and they just want to do something publicly. If Paul said, I pray in tongues more than ye all, he was from the south. <laughs> Remember he said that? Well, if he prayed in tongues more than ye all, and ye all Corinthians prayed more than, in tongues like crazy, and he said, I'd rather speak five words in my known language than 10,000 in tongues, then when did he do all that speaking? He couldn't have done it publicly. Where did he do it? Privately. In his devotional prayer time. He spent a lot of time praying in tongues. Because he knew the value of it. He knew it would generate miracle working power. He knew it would give him. All that he needed to equip him. For the ministry that God called him to do. And that's why. He's clarifying that. So now look at 1 Corinthians 14. 39 and 40. He's correcting them for what reason. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. Reveals the power. Thirteen is love. Fourteen is order. Order. You've got the power, you've got order, and love is the thing in the middle that produces it. Look at wherefore brethren cover to prophesy forbid not to speak with tongues. See he's not discouraging tongues, but let all things be done how? Decently and in order decently and in order so he was trying to communicate to them the proper instruction with regard to speaking in tongues publicly not privately but publicly in a church service like this now is it okay for everybody to pray in tongues in prayer and devotion and, and worship yes but he's talking about someone stands up and just begins to preach or speak out in tongues and then sits down and everybody looks around like what did you just say I have no idea That doesn't edify anybody except him. He doesn't build anybody up except him. Doesn't encourage anybody except him. You see? So it has to be interpreted in order for it to be edifying to the church. Now, tongues is not a teaching gift. Look at once again. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 10 and 11. There are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. Therefore if I know not the meaning of the voice I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. So in other words if you don't know what I'm saying and I don't know what you're saying it's foreign to all of us and no one benefits by it. So it's not a teaching gift and that's what Paul is trying to emphasize. It's not supposed to be used for that purpose. It's not a teaching gift. And then also, it's got to be interpreted in order to edify the body. So without interpretation, as I said, the only one edified is the person himself. Himself, herself. Now, there are many directions we can go in with tongues. And and, and I'm sure many questions that people have about tongues. But suffice it to say that if you want to be one of those that in the beginning when the Spirit of God was poured out on the day of Pentecost, then you will be one who's born again. And whether you're in the Jewish camp or the Gentile camp, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the initial sign or evidence that you're filled with the Holy Ghost is you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. That is the evidence that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And it should not be foreign to any believer. As a matter of fact, it's it's, it's really... You could see the work of the enemy to stop it in the very beginning, because, like I said, for 19 years, Acts 19, Paul was leading them to the to Jesus and also getting them filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. So in the early church, that was just church, that was just belief, that was just ministry. That's what it was all about, and then it changed down the road. And of course, the enemy didn't want it. Now everybody say today, "Oh, you're of the devil. You're you're a." a heretic and all that, if you teach that and preach that? Really? Open up your Bible and read it. Amen. You're going to take out Mark 16 and just say, all the signs include casting out devils, not speaking with tongues. You can take up serpents. You can drink of anything. It won't hurt you. You can lay your hands on the sick and not recover. But the second one tongues, uh-uh. Let's kick that one out. Really? We're going to do that? You're going to alter Scripture, change Scripture for your own benefit, for your own belief system, for your own background, your church background, church doctrine? Remember how Jesus got over the Pharisees and the scribes, called them a bunch of hypocrites? Because they exalted their tradition above the word of God. Last Sunday, Mother's Day, we're talking about what they did. They had the people designate their, their savings for the church or the temple treasury rather than care for their elderly parents. So they got in there first to get their money and they tell their parents, we can't take care of you now. You know what Jesus said to them for that? You bunch of hypocrites. You're hypocrites. You exalt the traditions of men above the word of God that says, honor your father and your mother. So Jesus doesn't do well with hypocrisy like that. Exalting what? Exalting tradition above the word of God. Tradition makes the word of God of none effect. So when people live by their traditions, the word of God becomes ineffective. So speaking in tongues is for us today, whether people want to hear it or not or believe it or not, And you know what, if you're not involved and engaged in praying in the Holy Ghost, once again, you're cutting yourself off from one of the most powerful ministries of today. Okay, number three, interpretation of tongues. First of all, what it is not. It's not translation or word-by-word explanation of what was spoken in other tongues. When you hear someone give a message in tongues, and we're talking about public use, we're talking about a public message, a person might speak in tongues, let's say for 10 seconds, and someone gives a 10 minute interpretation. Why? Because it's not translation, it's not a word by word translation. It is one gift feeding the other gift. And that person who's given the interpretation is inspired to then speak forth that utterance. And it should be a message then that equals what? Prophecy. So what is it going to do then? It's going to edify, exhort, and comfort. And if you recall, Paul told um, Timothy that by the prophecies that have gone on before you, you can do what? Fight. You can war good warfare. Fight the fight of faith. I recently saw a testimony of of a young lady that was healed of an autoimmune disease and she said that what helped her or contributed to her faith was prophecy that came on her from others, stating that she would be this and such and such and so on, which confirmed within her heart she wanted to be a missionary somewhere. But because of the autoimmune situation that she had, that was incurable, she knew she couldn't do it. At least medically speaking, she couldn't do it. But she got a hold of the word of God and others that had prophesied that situation, which she didn't tell anybody about it, but it was just all supernatural. When she heard that utterance, she got a hold of it. You see, God will do everything to get faith into our hearts. And she heard that utterance. And when she heard the utterance, she got a hold of it. She grabbed it. And when she did, she started declaring it. That's right. I see myself going there. I see myself being a missionary there. I see myself being victorious there. And she took that prophetic utterance. She embraced it as her own. And she was completely healed of this particular disease. And then not very long after that. She was able to go off and minister. In a, in a foreign land as a result of it. She could have sat back and just succumbed to it. And just said well they said there's nothing that could be done about it. And so I just can't do the will of God for my life. But praise God. Thank God for the supernatural. Well what is it? What is this gift? Interpreting. T- interpretation. Is not once again word by word translation. But interpretation of what is spoken in in tongues by the spirit. It's showing forth what has been said. So the supernatural interpretation of showing or showing forth of what was spoken in other tongues. Is what it is. I remember one time just worshiping here. We were in a church here. Church service worshiping. And then we start praying in tongues. And then once you start getting praying in tongues for a while. You can shift gears. And as we begin to shift gears. All of a sudden out of my spirit. Interpretation can come out of your spirit. And this is what flowed out of my spirit. Never forget it. Keep your armor bright. Shining and clean. And boy I knew exactly what the Holy Ghost was saying. Keep yourself undaunted from this world. Keep your armor bright. Shiny and clean. And the enemy will have no part of thee. So while I'm praying in the spirit and then speaking with other tongues, all of a sudden the interpretation comes up out of my spirit. That was some of what I was saying in the spirit. And sometimes the spirit of God will enable you or allow you to do that. Which is why anyone that prays in tongues should pray that he also may interpret, which we'll see that in a moment. Okay, number two, that which together with tongues equals prophecy. We said that which together with tongues equals prophecy. So you see it takes both of these working together to equal prophecy. To build up, to to exhort, to encourage, to comfort people. It could be used in that way. And then thirdly, it's also used, uh, it's, it's rather least of all the gifts. Because why it takes the two to make the one. Remember the diamond, two nickels. It takes two to make the one. But still it doesn't mean it's not a meaningful gift. It is a meaningful gift. But most importantly, in your private devotional prayer time sometimes young people will say where should I go to school where should I go to college at what what profession should I get into this that and the other thing what's going to happen down the road in a situation here with my job or whatever praying in the Holy Ghost I'm going to pray some things out in the Holy Ghost you start praying about it in the spirit if you don't take the time to pray in the spirit about it how's the Holy Ghost going to give you an interpretation as to what you're praying if you're not praying it but if you start saying to the Lord Lord I don't know what's going on with this situation but I'm going to take some time to pray in the spirit about it Because I know you know more about it than I do. And as you continue praying in the Holy Ghost about it. Then the Holy Ghost can bring it up out of your spirit. And who knows. If you prayed for interpretation. It can just come up out of you. And it flows out of you. And as it comes out. It gives you direction to your spirit. Then you grab a hold of it by faith. And walk out your faith. And then also. It's a gift that renders tongues intelligible. In other words. People understand what's being said. And so, what does it do? Look at 1 Corinthians fourteen five. What does it do? It edifies. It builds up. It reveals some things. It shares some things. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues. Except, notice the exception. He interpret that the church may receive what? Edifying. So the whole purpose and value of tongues is to do what? to edify yourself, but if it's public ministry, to edify the body, to build up the church, to encourage people spiritually, to comfort people spiritually when it's interpreted. Now there's the private devotional side. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 14 again. The private devotional side is is so essential. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful, non-productive. I don't understand what I'm saying. But in the spirit, I know I'm speaking out mysteries. It's also important to know that not everything is going to be interpreted. It doesn't have to be interpreted according to this verse right here. I don't understand what I'm saying half the time, 90% of the time. But you're doing something that you know has already been revealed. You're building yourself up on your most holy faith. You're edifying yourself. You're bringing comfort to your spirit. Praying in the spirit generates miracle working power. It enables you to pray beyond your own ability and understanding in prayer. To pray beyond whatever the need might be. Something that the spirit knows that you don't know. You're joining together with the Holy Ghost. You're activating his ministry. All those things are essential and important. And then also verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14 2. Notice what it says. For he that speaks in unknown tongue speaks not to men. But to whom? See, if you just rattle that off and miss that point, who are you speaking to? See, no man understands him, but in the spirit, he is speaking divine secrets. Can you imagine that? Now, would you rather speak and speak to God, thinking that anything you know in your head is so intellectual that you can be on that same level with God? Anybody here think you're that smart? But when you start saying to the Lord, I love you, I worship you, I bless you, I exalt you, I magnify you, I'm out of words. Hmm? And then you slip over to tongues and you start. Why is it perfect? Coming out of your spirit. Why is it perfect? It's bypassing your intellect. It's not limited by your intellect. You are speaking words that God understands that God knows, that God's prompted in your spirit by his spirit, and it's a communication with him that is so perfect. See, it takes faith to believe that. And you believe that because that's what it says. I'm speaking to God. Divine secrets. This is why I say sometimes, turn off that radio for a while. Yeah, I, know, I understand you're listening to some worship music or maybe a teaching or two. But what's wrong with just talking to God yourself? What's wrong with that perfect communication in the spirit with your heavenly father? That will what? Open up the door to interpretation because you're supposed to pray to interpret. In which the Holy Spirit can reveal some things that are essential to your life. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13 because that's what this says. Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue do what? Pray that he may interpret. Have you done that? I pray, Father, that I may interpret what I'm saying as I pray in the Spirit. That's part of my prayer. I'd like to know. And as the Spirit wills, He may enable you to know. And like I said, some things that can come out out of your spirit can be direction, guidance, leading you this way or that way. Or expressing some things that you can grab onto by faith. You know, you know there's nothing to be concerned about. Like you could be praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in the Holy Ghost for a while and all of a sudden you slip over into English. Fear not. There's no need to fear. No weapon formed against you can prosper because the hand of the Lord is greater than what you're facing. And those that have risen up against you they will fall by the wayside because the greater one is living in you. He will defend you. He will fight for you. He will go before you and he'll be an enemy to your enemy and an adversary to your adversary. And he will bring everything to light. Everything will brought to light. And you will be vindicated by the hand of God. That can just flow out of your spirit just like that. And what does that do? It gives you something to hold on to. Can you see that? Praise God. All right. There's also a, a public side. And in the public side, to understand this is where people really get messed up because they think it's all public. It's not private and also a sign tongue. But anyhow, Look at first Corinthians chapter twelve. Notice what it says here. And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Nope. Are all prophets? No. Nope. Are all teachers? No. Nope. Are all workers of miracles? No. Nope. Have all the gifts of healings? No. Nope. Do all speak with tongues? Not publicly. No. Privately? Yes. Do all interpret? No. No. So when it comes to ministry, and he's talking about ministries here in this section of scripture. No. Ministry tongues, once again, you can be used in some, most are not used that way, but some can be used that way. And that's why he says no. The answer is no to that. But that doesn't mean you can't speak in tongues. It just means that not everybody's going to be using gifts of healings, but can you still lay hands on the sick for people to be healed? Absolutely. Right. Okay. But then also look at verses 26 to 28 of chapter 14. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto what? Edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him do what? Keep silence in the church. Notice he's talking about in the church. And let him speak to himself and to God. God. So you can still speak to yourself and to God in tongues, but he says if there's no interpreter, what are you supposed to do? Then don't give a message. If you know there's no one that would, that's used that way, then don't give the message. Speak to yourself and speak to God. And then you can also prophesy. So it's necessary to speak, to do what? To interpret when someone is speaking in tongues or is giving a message. But then notice next in verses 26, 33, and 40. Let's look at these verses first. Verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto what? In this verse, what's the emphasis? Edifying. So if I'm going to edify, I either have to prophesy or do what? Speak in tongues and have an interpretation. If that's going to edify. Okay, look at the next verse. Verse 33. If for God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Peace as in all the churches of the saints. Well, so what's the goal here? Peace. So the goal is what? Edifying or edification. Secondly what? Peace in all, as it is in all the churches. That's the goal. That's what the goal should be. But then look at the next one in verse 40. Let all things be done how? Decently and in order. So now he's talking about order. Done correctly. So he's trying to, to stop the mayhem and the craziness that's going on. They're trying to conduct themselves in a public setting in a church service. And people think they're mad because everyone had a psalm. Everyone had a hymn. Everyone had a spiritual psalm. Everybody's doing all this stuff going all kind of different directions. No one's interpreting anything. And it's just like madness that's going on in a church service. And they think they're super spiritual because they're doing all that. And Paul said, no, 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 no. Those gifts are not for those reasons. You don't teach in tongues. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine listening to somebody teach a 45 minute lesson in tongues? What did the preacher preach about today? I have no idea. Not a clue whatsoever. It was all tongues. It was all foreign to me. It's not what it's for. But if someone was interpreting, it's a different story. But it's not for teaching anyhow. It's to build up the church, edify the church, bring peace to the church. It's also to be done decently and in order to see to it that within the church, the goal is edifying, building up, encouraging, exhorting, comforting. And doing what? Bringing all the attention to whom? To Jesus. It all goes to Jesus. So these are all the gifts of the Spirit. In conclusion, the gifts of the Spirit are for today, for every single one of us. And every one of us, in the beginning, initially, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. And tongues is like the doorway into all the other gifts of the Spirit. You step through that doorway. And that's just the beginning of it. And the more you pray in the Spirit, the deeper you get into it. And the more you pray in the Spirit, you generate that miracle power. The more you pray in tongues, praying in the Spirit, what do you do? You position yourself to be used by the Spirit. Let's say, in other gifts of the Spirit. You've heard me say this time and time again, but I believe it bears repetition right here. Because when my daughter fell and I was over her body, that body lying there, just horrifying. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost as fast as I can with other tongues. All of a sudden, the spirit of faith rose up in me. And I didn't have this understanding of these gifts. I didn't know anything about these gifts like I'm sharing with you tonight. I'm talking about even intellectually. I didn't have this revelation or understanding. But as I'm praying in the Holy Ghost as hard and fast as I can, suddenly I know I went like that, but it's almost as if like someone lifted me up like that and, and I just blurted it out. Now I know she's healed. Let's go finish the Bible study. Anybody else, anything else get her to an, in an ambulance and get her to the hospital, quickly as you can. Imagine that, your little girl, falling ten feet face first on steps, blood pouring out of her eye. Can't walk, can't even stand up now. And when I said, by the Spirit, I know it was a gift of faith. So, so tongues then came out, and then faith, through the special faith came out. And when I tell you it was a faith, see, special faith goes beyond your faith. It connects with your faith, but it takes you beyond where you're at. Your developmental level of faith, you see, is not being used to. You've, this is beyond that. And any thought that came in my mind about her not being healed. Not even, not even allowed to stay there. I said she's healed. The devil said she's going to die. I said she's healed. The devil said she's never going to walk. I said she's healed. Her face is deformed. It's never going to get normal again. She's healed. I know it. I know it. That's a gift of the spirit. Now put a price tag on that. Can you put a price tag on that? And I believe the same thing when Andrew was born. I'm telling you right now, when I think about his birth, and my, my mother-in-law says, what's going to happen to Andrew? What's going to happen to Andrew? And all of a sudden, in my spirit, fear not, only believe. Like a flash, it was Jairus. Hearing those words, be not afraid, only believe. I just said, we believe. No, 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 I'm, I'm asking, what's going to happen? We believe. We believe. Came out of my spirit, We believe. And you know the story from there. Every challenge that we face with him, we believe. We believe. We believe. Yes, gifts of the Spirit are for today. And we need them in operation. We all do. And we should all position ourselves to be used by the Spirit. Amen. And you know what? It doesn't matter to me who he uses. He can use anybody here in this church. It doesn't matter who you are. Use anybody, Lord. But remember, it's not all public For the most part it's going to be private devotional let's all stand together let's all gather around the altar before we go hi pastor bill here i want to thank you for joining us today on behalf of my wife krista and krista selby church i want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family whether you have young children or kids in elementary school if you're a teenager or a young adult we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in god and build a solid foundation of his love for you And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others.